0: You know, I get asked this question a lot. What skill do you need to become a great leader? And when I think about it, it boils down to the language that the leader uses. Well, not the actual language that different countries use like English or Korean, but but the method or the way of communication. It's like you can have the greatest ideas in the world, but if you can't translate that into a language that will make people take action, then I think any kind of leadership wouldn't be as effective as it could be. But the issue right now is also the fact that the language we use in leadership hasn't really evolved. It's still the same how leaders should always direct and subordinates should always obey and follow. So let's dive into how we can develop our leadership language better suited to the world today. Hi, I'm Day and you're listening to The Daily Book Club, The Audio Experiment. Today we'll be discussing Leadership is Language by David Marquette. As usual, there's always a lot of learning when it comes to the book, but here are the three things that I find very useful. 1. People are divided into two categories, deciders and doers. And for organizations to thrive, people need to be both. 2. Effective leadership is all about getting people to commit rather than just complying. And 3. Successful leaders encourage people to learn, grow, and improve. So let's talk about the first takeaway that I had. People are divided into two categories, deciders and doers. And for organizations to thrive, people need to be both. Well, in reality, we have two modes, deciding and doing. Let's just say that it's Friday and you just ended a long week of work. You see that there's no work left tomorrow and Monday's a holiday, so it's a long weekend. And you think if you want to take a vacation, But after thinking, you rather just want to read a book over the weekend and just watch some series that you've missed. So come the weekend, you did exactly that. And with that, you just engaged in the two different modes. Deciding, which is what to do over the weekend, and doing, which is basically taking into action what you've thought that you would do. And everybody does this, the deciding and doing. We shift from one mode to the other several times a day. And time and time again, when it came to work, we were divided into two groups, the deciders and the doers. And because of this, the leadership language was all about doing, not about thinking. It gives no room for inviting suggestions. It's just like the story of the container ship, El Faro, where it was lost at sea from a hurricane, and none of the people in it survived. The author of the book mentions that it was because of an old approach to leadership, It was because the captain, for everything that his crew has mentioned, his reply was we're not going to turn around. Maybe he was trying to be inspiring and confident, but it made it harder for everyone else to speak about their concerns. It was all about letting people follow. So how could have this been avoided? The author mentions that it could have been from binary questions like uh, are you sure, which Gives you an answer, yes or no, to open-ended questions like, how sure are you? It makes people slow down and think. So what if Alfaro used a different approach? Instead of saying, we're not going to turn around, what if he had asked, how confident are you guys about the route? This could have saved lives. So the same goes for modern companies today. There's so much going on, as well as specializations, that one person could not have all the answers. So think about it. I'm sure there are a lot of leaders that are using the old leadership language standing ground with their decisions. It doesn't mean that they're right or wrong. It's just that they're not opening up the conversation to suggestions. So this means that for organizations to thrive, the doers must also be deciders. I do have a thought on this. It's not really up to the doers to do this because the old leadership style is pretty much ingrained in all of us especially with how school has taught a lot of us. Meaning school has always taught us to follow directions and do things that we are told to. So leaders must be able to initiate this. And it's through changing the language of leadership. And a good start is through open-ended questions, like I mentioned a while ago. So here's a good example from the book. A CEO is out on lunch with the author. His company is field-testing a new product. And during his lunch, he gets a call from the project lead that things are not going well. The CEO ends the call saying, hey, tell me if you need to come over. The author was worried about this, and he told the CEO to call back and rephrase his question. So that's what the CEO did. He called the project lead and asked, on a scale of 0 to 5, how helpful would it be if I came to the site? And the answer of the project lead was 5. So the CEO gets up, thanks his friend, the author, and heads over to the site. So whether the story is true or not, it's very interesting. And I tried this out and it worked for me when I am managing my teams. So an example of what I do is instead of asking if they need my help, I ask them from a scale to 1 to 5, how useful would it be if I actually help? Which takes us to my second learning from this book. Effective leadership is all about getting people to commit rather than just complying. Here's something to think deeply about. Compliance elicits the minimum necessary effort. But commitment inspires energy, creativity, and initiative. An easy way to understand this is let's say you have decided to cut on eating sweets. And when there's a donut in front of you, most of the time people will say, I can't eat that donut because I have decided to cut sweets. But can't implies that there is an external force stopping you and somehow it's easier to give in. This is what we call compliance. As opposed to when you change the word can't to don't, the power actually comes from within. You won't eat the donut because you don't eat sweets anymore. Or you don't because you're on a path to become healthier every day. This is commitment. And this inspires other actions, like working out. This is because humans are more effective when they have an improvement mindset. Our brains are hardwired to react positively to exploration and discovery. So we must use that to our advantage. And for work that is longer or it seems too far or impossible, just divide them into chunks and have a pause in between so that people and you will see that there will be a moment to check in and reevaluate. This will help see the progress people are making and will motivate them to continue on the journey. Let's go to my last learning. Successful leaders encourage people to learn, grow, and improve. I'm sure you've heard this a lot, but let's try to dig deeper into this. Remember the Disney movie Frozen? I mean, I'm I'm sure you've watched it, and I myself watched it about three times when it came out and over and over again because of work. Well, that's that's a different story. But the point here is that it had won a lot of awards and grossed over, I think, a billion dollars. But what people don't know is that the version of it 18 months before the release date was actually a flop. But the producer took a new leadership approach. Instead of focusing on everything that they had done wrong and tell them to get their act together, he actually encouraged people to envision what they really wanted to see on screen. And hand in hand, they let their imaginations run wild and the team members felt confident about throwing crazy new ideas. So how did it work? Now, we have to understand that people are usually afraid of being perceived as wrong, ignorant, or incompetent. But what the producer did was that he created an environment where people had the mindset of improve and not prove. When people are defensive and threatened, they try to prove themselves. But when they're not defensive and threatened, they're actually empowered. So this is a good example of a psychologically safe environment. By the way, I just want to put it out there because I see this so much in different companies, especially in my own practice, that just by saying that you're a psychologically safe company and asking for people to open up won't work. Everything has to align to create that environment. From your benefits, your systems, your workplace, again, everything has to align. Oh, and I always want to mention that safety is not equal to comfort. So yeah, those were the three learnings that I got from this book. I'll just repeat them. One, people are divided into two categories, deciders and doers. And for organizations to thrive today, people need to be both. Two, effective leadership is all about getting people to commit rather than just complying. Remember that you need commitment rather than compliance. Three is successful leaders encourage people to learn, grow, and improve. Creating a psychologically safe environment is not about just saying it, but actually creating that environment. If you want to put some of these to practice, here is an actionable that you can do. Remember that we usually ask binary yes or no questions. So try veering away from it and ask open-ended questions. Here's another example that one of my co-facilitators actually used in a workshop. So instead of him asking, do you think your company has these behaviors, which will get a yes or no answer, he asked instead, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, how much do you think the company practices these behaviors? And surprisingly, the answers were all different, averaging about 6 to 7, showing that there is room for improvement. This made the organization realize new things and was motivated to move forward and keep improving. And that was a quick summary of Leadership is Language by David Marquette. By the way, if you're interested in book discussions in video form and in taglish, head over to Daily Book Club on YouTube. I just want to say thank you so much for listening and supporting. Your listen and views help us help our communities in different ways. Just recently, we were able to give out books to a school-based education organization. So just by listening, watching, and sharing our content, you're helping out a lot the next episode this was day and thank you for listening to the daily book club the audio experiment